0: So what exactly is epilepsy? What causes it? How is it treated and managed over a lifetime? Let's learn more with Dr. Nikesh Ardeshina, Medical Director of the Epilepsy Services at McLaren Health. This is McLaren's in Good Health. I'm Bill Klaproth. Dr. Ardeshna, exactly what is epilepsy and what causes it?
1: Well, I thank you for the opportunity as well to talk about this. So epilepsy is basically a a medical condition in which an individual is predisposed to having unprovoked seizures. And there are many different causes of epilepsy. And in particular, significant portion of cases of epilepsy are of unknown cause. All epileptic seizures originate from the brain. And a way to paraphrase it is, it is due to an electrical abnormality in the brain. Sometimes we can find a cause to that electrical abnormality, that could be a stroke, it could be a brain tumor, it could be a prior head injury. Sometimes there's no specific cause.
0: And sometimes you're just born with it then, is that correct?
1: You can be born with the abnormality, but it doesn't even have to manifest right when you're born. But the interesting thing, and this is a question that's asked a lot of times in the office by patients, is there doesn't even have to be a family history. You could be the first one that has your first seizure at any age
0: well, that's interesting to know. And then what are the signs and symptoms? You know, we've all seen on TV the person having a seizure on the ground, kind of wrangling around, but there has to be varying degrees of signs and symptoms. Is that right? What should we be looking for?
1: So you are correct. You know, from a seizure standpoint, when you ask someone what a seizure is, they will say most most commonly, and that's how it's seen in the media, is someone who falls, they lose consciousness, their body shakes, and then they're confused afterward, or it takes them a while to wake up. But one of my jobs is also to educate people about the different types of seizures. There's many different types. In fact, so many that I probably couldn't list them here. And so to to your point of what are the signs and symptoms, the easiest way to look at this is some people, not everyone, has what they call an aura. So an aura is like a warning prior to their seizures, Some people don't. And the auras can vary. They can vary from an unusual taste to an unusual smell to numbness or tingling. And then when we look at different, what are the signs and symptoms, the signs and symptoms are so variable. It depends on where the seizure is coming from and the type. So some signs and symptoms could be body shaking or convulsing, like we talked about. Others could be numbness, tingling. Others could be hallucinations, another one could be speech abnormality, another one could be memory loss, or even any combination of these.
0: So that's really interesting. I imagine there are people that have been living with these symptoms. You were mentioning somebody that has tingling and just thinking, ah, this is normal, I'm just going to live with this. Well, years later, they get diagnosed, and it turns out they're having an epileptic seizure. Is that right?
1: And that is a great observation. That's absolutely correct. In fact, the purpose so I'm an epileptologist, so my specialty is, is seeing epileptic patients. And we recommend you know, that patients who have had or are suspicious for seizures, that they see an epileptologist. There's quite a big delay in the diagnosis, like you said. And many a times it is... These things are so subtle that if you or I were to see them, You'd be like, hmm, maybe it's not, you know, maybe not, or just you kind of live with it. Mm-hmm. Some people will come in actually denying that, yo, I'm not having these symptoms. It couldn't be true. So it's the observations of the family that also make a difference. The best case I can tell you is a lady who actually had memory loss for 20 years, and they just thought it was grandma being grandma, but grandma actually had seizures for 20 years.
0: Really Interesting. So I mean, I have to ask, after she was diagnosed properly, and I would imagine given treatment, did her memory improve?
1: So the way this works is that the memory doesn't necessarily improve, but the decline stabilized. There was no further decline. And she was seizure-free. Uh-huh. We managed, managed to make her seizure-free.
0: Well, that in itself is a win for sure. So then who is most at risk for epilepsy?
1: So... In the past, so say about 15, 20 years ago, they used to say that uh, the young, meaning kids and babies, were, high, were highest at risk. And to a certain extent, that is still true, but actually the fastest growing segment for new onset seizures is actually the elderly. And if you think about it, which is our the United States population or North American population, like many other countries in the world, what's the fastest growing group? It's the elderly. Right. And then If you go a little more in detail, you say, okay, well, can you narrow it out? Which conditions, which conditions put you at higher risk for epilepsy? Those conditions are things like those people who've had a stroke, a brain tumor, a head injury. Head injury could be as simple as a concussion to something like a more severe motor vehicle accident. Dementia is also a risk factor or a bleed in the brain.
0: Well, I think the perception is is that Mm -hmm. epilepsy strikes younger people more often but what you're saying is just as much in the older generation that is correct so let's talk about treatment now is there a cure and if not what is the treatment
1: so there is not one specific cure for epilepsy we can't say that uh, unlike other medical conditions this is the one cure but there are many different treatments available and i will talk about those the treatments that are available though have changed they are much more advanced Um, and there are clearly options available that were not available in the past. So, originally, if we go back many years, it was medications. Now, I'll put a caveat to that. A lot of people, and this is where part of my job comes in, is clearing up misperceptions about epilepsy, which you and I have indirectly already talked about today. Sure. So, people used to think that there was no medications available. Well, then there were medications available, and there are. The medications that are now available have less side effects than the older ones. They're more, uh, how should I say, easier to manage for the patient if they don't interact with other medications that they are on. So the first line of treatment is what we call anti-seizure drugs or anti-epileptic medications. Then if those don't work, there are other options. One option is something called epilepsy surgery. Some people are eligible for epilepsy surgery. If that doesn't work, there are other devices, one called a vagal nerve stimulator, uh, which is a device that is implanted into the chest to control seizures. And there's another device called an RNS, responsive neurostimulation, which can be implanted into the brain to control seizures. But all of those are applicable if medications don't work.
0: So with medications and devices and treatments, it sounds like many people can manage this and live normal, full lives with epilepsy. Is that correct?
1: Yes, sir. That is, a, that is a very fair statement. In fact, again, sometimes it's not known, and that's part of our job for advocating for these patients and educating. The goal for all epilepsy patients okay, as, as epileptologists is for the patient is seizure freedom or to get as close to that as you can as quick as you can and maintain quality of life. So epilepsy patients, in in my opinion, should get treatment as quick as they can, so you want to prevent the long-term consequences of seizures, consequences like injuries, memory loss. But yes, it is entirely possible, and we want them to live not only quality lives, but normal lives. And I've got epilepsy patients, I can tell you, who work at major corporations. One leads owns his own company, and in fact, in many cases, as you can see from our discussion, meeting someone, you would not know by looking at them right. that they have epilepsy.
0: Because it's so small or nondescript, if you will.
1: Correct. It can be, it can be quite subtle.
0: Well, Dr. Artishna, no, thanks for educating us. This has been quite informative. And thank you so much for your time today.
1: And I thank you for the opportunity and your time as well.
0: That's Dr. Nikesh Ardeshna, Medical Director of the Epilepsy Services at McLaren Health. And if you want to learn more about Dr. Ardeshna or submit a question, please visit mclaren.org slash ardeshna. That's A-R-D-E-S-H-N-A. And if you found this podcast helpful, please share it on your social channels and check out the full podcast library for topics of interest to you. This is McLaren's in Good Health. I'm Bill Klaproth. Thanks for listening.